This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this podcast is based on the Four Faith weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find this week's link to Four Faith and a link to subscribe to Four Faith in the episode's description. Bishop, this week's devotion you titled Beginning Again. And as I read it, I really started resonating with it because you have four points, four charges, if you will. And the first one you say is follow your star. And and you say, where is the star of your heart leading you? And I got to just ask, where? what's your star? What star are you following? Well, yeah, well, I appreciate that. And Happy New Year. Um, well, first of all, let me just say that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I never want to miss an opportunity to sort of seize the energy of January, right? So January, people are sort of mindful of maybe reflecting on the year past and maybe thinking about and charting a better course for the new year. So I always want to remind people that uh, uh, God's grace and generosity to us is, is that you can always begin anew. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've never gone so far off track with God that you can't start all over again. Uh, without shame, condemnation, or judgment. So that's the good news in a nutshell, right? So, so the star of my heart really uh, is to you know uh, continue uh, to try to be a um, alongside you know the diocese of Atlanta as a faith friend. Um, I want to do that more and more and more. I want to do that in terms of more teaching uh, opportunities, but I also want uh, you know I'm parenting adults now. Uh, or young adults, or or teenagers who think they're adults now, and so, <laughs> <laughs> so so that that is that is uh, wants to exercise in me some new kinds of parenting muscles, and I think a lot of people can resonate with that. So so that star is really just about being being about um, I, I guess you could say uh, a more alongside. I mean, there was the sort of the phase one of parenting, and phase two of parenting is really being sort of parent companion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so that's, that's a word. And then I'm also, I've been in my job now as Bishop, uh, this calling for a little while now. And so um, I think there are refinements and, and, and focus uh, of foci um, that, that now are more parent to me. Um, and so I want to double down on, on those. I'm, I'm continue to be very excited about talking about God. And so I want to just do that better. I love that. And, you know, New Year's is, is a time for many people to consider resolutions. And, I, and there's a big debate among people, you know, what is a resolution anyway? What's so great about January? And I'm curious if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, I don't have any thoughts. You know, nothing that's that's worth anybody's uh, reflection. I, I, you know, January has come again. Uh, and and here we are. Um, I think that January just presents, at least psychologically, emotionally, um, the sense of starting again. Um, I mean, so you know, I'm not a big resolution maker. Uh, I I try to uh, uh, take seriously some things that I have learned 
Um, so, you know, one of the things I've learned is, is that I can't sit down so much. I mean, even though I'm tempted to sit in front of my computer and do my work, I've got to break it up and I've got to get out and move around and use this body that God has given me. So I've got, you know, I've got to take care of this temple. Um, I've got to walk, I've got to get out, bundle up right now and get out and walk. Um, you know, so, so basic sort of lessons, uh, you know, as we get older, we got to watch what we eat, right? Because, um, you know, as again, for me as a husband and father, I want to be around for these people. Uh, and so that's, a, it's a stewardship of life. I want to be around for people. I want to, I want to continue to make good contributions in the lives of people that I love and care about. So, so I don't know if there's anything magical about January, but it gives me a chance to sort of try to implement some things I think I have learned. Um, I'll be, I'll be 57, uh, in February. So I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a kid anymore and I'm not quite 60. So I'm, I'm in this, this place where <laughs> at least as one expert says, you're sort of at the height of your strengths. You know, you still have some ideas and some know-how and still enough strength and energy to try to implement. And so I'm, I mean, I'm excited by that thought and really want to be effective and impactful. So it's just that opportunity that sort of, um, here we go again, once more into the breach, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people get that, uh, that, you know, and I think maybe especially given this last year, uh, we've learned some stuff in COVID, you know, we're not out of the woods. Um, and so what does it mean now to, to, uh, take care of neighbor? Uh, my wife and I had a great opportunity during the holidays to make little bags, little gift bags, just little things to, to remind some people that we love them and care about them. And we dropped them off at their, at their front stoop. Uh, you know, stayed socially distant, didn't physically interact, obviously didn't go inside the home. But so little things like that, uh, I think we, we, we've got to sort of be creative and be imaginative now. COVID is going to be around. Uh, she's moved into our life. Uh, and, and, and that shouldn't, uh, uh, you know, sort of put us, um, you know, sort of sitting on our laurels, uh, waiting, you know, to, to continue to be followers of Jesus. We've got to figure it out how to do it now. I mean, you know, all of this, uh, is, for me at least is, is, um, uh, is sort of, uh, I guess, encouraged by thinking about the wise men. And certainly there were wise women. They just didn't make the story, uh, who, who traveled from modern day Iraq to Jerusalem and then Bethlehem. Right. I mean, how much inconvenience, how much hardship, uh, how much trouble, how much, you know, circuitousness. Uh, and nevertheless, uh, they stayed focused. That's why I think the Bible still speaks to us. It, it gives us faith friends. And so even though uh, these these wise men, we don't know much about them, we can use our spiritual imagination to think about the hardships they endured to follow their star. And so I, I like, and I'm animated by that story to ask myself, what, what's my star? Uh, where do you, you know, and maybe thinking about January, 2022, what do I want to say to my, what do I want to say to myself in January, 2022 that I've accomplished in 2021? Um, and then to sort of walk backwards. And so, you know, as the meditation say, it says, we've got to take a journey, even if it's virtual uh, even if it's socially distant, even if it's sort of not the the exactly the journey of our dreams, you know we've got to we've got to take a journey. I you know uh, this is a good excuse for a road trip, virtual or physical. Um, 
uh, I think. Uh, and and where, whatever you need to do, whatever journey means to you so that you can sort of refresh your imagination. Uh, for me, it's always been a road trip. I, I, I've driven across the country a couple of times. Um, and so the movement and the reflection sort of engenders in me some some thoughtfulness and I hope some uh, some new ideas. At least that's been my pattern. <laughs> so <clears throat> when you think about thoughtfulness and ideas and all that stuff, I immediately go to Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like that's what I see is I'm like, yes, what what type of epiphanies, what what learnings or what is the spirit like moving in me for me to realize something new? Um, and so you say, take, take a journey. You just mentioned what you like to do. And I'm curious, are you going anywhere? Where are you going, Bishop? Yeah, well, I mean, I take, I, I'm a, I'm a car nut, as some people know, and, and, uh, an old car and sort of the older and the rustier, the better. And so, you know, I've got the North Georgia mountains, um, which, which are great roads, driving roads. And there's a lot of fun you can have at 45 miles an hour on sort of the, <laughs> the, the twisties, you know, so you don't have to be dangerous or anything. But but I find that when I when I do that or go up into uh, Tennessee uh, or even uh, uh, Western North Carolina, I find that that's a, a way for me to get some good reflection done. I mean, I'm enjoying the car. I mean, it's uh, I'm, I'm you know going through the gears and you know, the curves and all that. But at the same time, it's it's a it's a mechanism for me to be reflective, to get outdoors, to enjoy, to see the scenery. I mean, I did it in the fall when the leaves were changing. I mean, you just get a sense of God's paintbrush and the genius of God. And I find that that's uplifting and inspiring. You start to hear yourself think a little bit. Uh, and uh, you start to hear that, uh, as Howard Thurman called it, the sound of the genuine in yourself. Um, you start to maybe replace some things and say to yourself, uh, okay, I could do some of that a little better. Uh, and maybe we even, what, what surfaces is, is that we need to go back to someone and say, hey, in that last engagement you and I had, uh, you know, I, I was really triggered by something or, or my best self uh, wasn't present. I'd like to just sort of redo that. That's one of the best things I've ever learned from a therapist. Is, is that there's no conversation that you can't restart. Mm. And maybe that's something we need to do with a, with a spouse, or with, a young, with a child, uh, with a, a colleague, with anybody, is, is that, hey, I was thinking about that conversation we had in June just the other day. You may not remember it, but it never left me. And I was just thinking that, boy, you know, I wish I would have approached that a little different. You know, we can always do that. And sometimes as you take a journey, you know, that stuff bubbles up. And so we don't need to go to guilt. We don't need to go to sh uh, shame or condemnation. We don't need to go to obligation. But we can sort of then use that as coordinates to do something, you know, in the next day. And, you know, it's not contingent on what other people say. It's just, hey, I was thinking about you the other day as I was driving or as I was walking or as I was working out or whatever it was. And I just wanted to say to you, X, something generous, something redemptive and leave it. Uh, and so beginning again is like that. Um, you know, and so in, in the meditation, we talk about questions. So, uh, you know, what's your question is another way to get to it. Do you have a question? You know, I, we talk about the Holy Spirit, you brought up the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit so often uh, takes the form of a nudging question that lives softly and persistently in your spirit. <laughs> well, you're stealing my thunder. We're going to yeah. get we're going to get some more questions after a short break. 
If you're enjoying Four People with Bishop Rob Wright, we encourage you to subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome back to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Bishop, before our break, you mentioned questions. And I have to say, one of my very favorite conversations we've ever had together was a few weeks back, and it was about questions. It was, I've listened to it now twice. Wow. Because I, it, it means so much to me to be asking questions and to be asking good questions. And I'd, I, you know, a lot of people talk about the right question. I think there's lots of right questions. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and sure. I want to ask better questions than not so good questions. And I'm, I'm wondering if you can share with us right now, what questions are you asking? Are you hoping to ask this year? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, I want to ask consequential questions. I want to ask questions that serve purpose. I want to ask questions that serve progress. I want to ask those questions of myself, and I want to ask those questions of partners in ministry. Um, I'm teaching a class actually on questions right now at Candler, at Emory, uh, and uh, we're looking at questions, and, uh, and, and we're looking at questions called catalytic questions. And as we know, cat, you know, it's we're talking about catalyst, and catalyst is that thing that activates, that spurs, you know, impact. Uh, and so I'm thinking about what are the questions that would lead me to be more impactful uh, in my work uh, as a father, as a husband, et cetera. And so, and I'm hoping to have those questions. Uh, uh, you know, as as Albert Einstein said, if I had an hour to solve, uh, you know, a problem. I'd use 55 minutes of that on the right question, and then I'd use the you know sort of remaining five minutes to to find the answer. So I think uh, uh, paying attention, having an increased awareness uh, for questions, uh, I, I think uh, will will get us to a place where we have more consequential answers. But most of us have been promoted through life uh, by our ability to sort of uh, you know get the right answer and get it fast. Um, but, but as we go through, uh, this kind of complexity that we, we, that's increasing all around us, both in the business sector, in the world, in the church, everywhere, uh, certainly in public health, what we realize is, is that it's better questions we need to be asking ourselves. Uh, uh the father of, uh, modern management theory, a guy by the name of Peter Drucker, a, a great Episcopalian, uh, said, there's nothing more tragic than the right answer to the wrong question. And, and, you know, uh, in, a, in a manner of speaking, the wise men were, were sort of pursuing a question uh, when they left uh, their homes and, and traveled, you know, without the help of Uber or Delta Airlines, traveled across the, you know, sort of the then known world to this little hamlet called to Bethlehem. And so uh, questions are powerful. They, they change our coordinates. They give us a paradigm shift. And, 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 you know, as you know, and one of the conversations that we've had, which was meaningful to me, Melissa, was, you know, you introduced me to that book, Jesus is the Question. Oh, yeah. Right. And I, and I think that that's important because uh, so often what we see is the bumper sticker or the tattoo or the billboard, Jesus is the answer. Mm-hmm. And indeed, Jesus does have a lot of answers, but his way of answering our questions is to present questions. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Who do you say that I am? Who is your neighbor? Um, and so, you know, the question on your heart this year is important. And so I'm asking people to sort of sit with that, um, not sort of some sort of, 
emotional flight. But what's the real question? Get in your own personal elevator and get down to your boiler room. Get down to your basement. And what's your visceral question? And 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 that is worth you know a couple of months in the in the biblical notion, forty days was a, was was you know what the the number we use for completion. What if you gave forty days to that question that's resting on your spirit? You know, I think that would provide clarity, and it might provide some spiritual security hmm. and a way forward. You mentioned don't stop short. Yeah. And, you know, like we can have questions and, and we could be a constant question asker. And if we're not asking ourselves, so what, now what? Yeah. Um, it, sometimes we can just get caught up in our head. Right. Right. And so I'm wondering if you can predict, and I'm not asking you to be a soothsayer <laughs> or whatever. I'm curious what you think we might have in store for us for 2021. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I Today is election day here. We're electing two senators right now mm. in Georgia. Highly contentious. Both the president and the president-elect were in Georgia last night making closing arguments. I don't know. I think we're going to continue to battle COVID and its variants. I think we're going to continue to struggle uh, with being uh, quarantined and cloistered. I think we're going to continue to struggle politically in terms of political division uh, no matter how these elections uh, uh, shake out. And so to me, even though that is true, that doesn't uh, force me to think that I can't do anything in terms of being a friend to Jesus. So um, uh, for, for you know, we, it's easy for us to get paralyzed by all of that stuff. It, it's so immense uh, and so off-putting. And, and, and really, you know, we're sort of we sort of have a, a not even a low grade fever, but a, 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 a sort of a fever of lostness and so whatness. Uh, I mean, we've we've just sort of been to the parade, you know. We bought the t shirt and got the mug now. I mean, and so a lot of people, it, it's hard to talk in terms of hope, right? But uh, I think hope has got to go local now. All right. Well, let me let me rephrase this question, and it'll be my last question. I promise. How do you see spirit moving right now? Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, same answer. I see hope and spirit moving us local, mm. right? And so uh, I think, that, you know, it's the friend-making campaign, right? I mean, these three wise men, these sort of upper middle class, wealthy class, uh, they go uh, across the then world uh, to find a friend uh, in this Jesus. And so I, I think it's about going small. It's about going local. It's about being friend to the people across your street. Uh, it's about taking care of, of some of our elderly members close by us. I think it's learning the names of the people four doors, uh, in either direction from your house. I think that's one of the ways we shore up our democracy right now. I think it's you and I swearing off being, uh, um, hostile, even politely hostile, the way we do it in the South. Mm-hmm. I think we've got to swear it off and decide that we're in it together. And yeah, this sucks, <laughs> but we're in it together. And uh, and I, I think this is what Jesus does. When Jesus walks around Nazareth, he's walking around a very small neighborhood. You know, and so he starts there and he goes from that point to the world. So maybe uh, for us, we go local, Right. Uh, maybe we realize that you and I can't fix broken Washington, D.C., but I live in Marietta, but I might have something to, to you know, I might have some good work to do in my subdivision uh, by being kind, by being supportive, a kind word, 
you know, uh, uh, reaching out to someone who, who needs some support, noticing that people's yards are a mess and offering to come alongside. I mean, in, you know, what are the small ways in which we can make Christ real to people? That's always in front of us. And, and maybe we commit to that again in January. Um, you know, uh, the last point of this little meditation was is that they traveled so long, but it was the last 10 miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem that gave them their heart's desire, which was to meet the Christ, right? So the last 10 miles, which is another way to say that it is, is that if they would have gotten to Jerusalem and not gone the last 10 miles, they would have never got their heart's desire. And so, so, so maybe it's the last 10 miles, maybe with it's within 10 miles from our homes. Maybe it's, it's that short space that we need to sort of uh, double, double down on that will give us our heart's desire. I love that. So you yeah. can follow follow your star, but you don't have to go big. <laughs> you can go yeah. go local, go local. And if the truth of the matter is, is that it has a compounding effect. If enough of us go local, mm-hmm. then we've gone big. Yeah, man. Bishop, as always, I'm grateful for you. And listeners, thank you for listening to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, share this episode with someone who could use it, and we'll be back with you next week.